Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Batman Tech, Season 3, Episode 14, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Now if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. Now I'm back from my marvellous trip down to Margaret River and uh, man, so much to catch up on and so much to dive into. Uh, we're going to be on the hard court, uh, we're going to be on the pitch, we're going to be on, we're going to be all over the shop. So let's uh, not wait, uh, let's go straight to the hard court. Let's talk a little bit of basketball and I'm talking a bit of Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl, Perth Wildcats are on the prowl, can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet, tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come, oh no, here we come, oh no, here we come. Yeah, but wildcats are on the ground. Watch out if you're in the way. Listen to the hiss, listen to the ground. Now, we do have to go all the way back to last Tuesday, where they got a massive win over New Zealand in their rescheduled fixture after the COVID-enforced collapse of the game earlier on in the season. Now, it was a tight game throughout, and the team was looking and needing to bounce back from their horrendous effort up against Sydney last week, with first and second quarters essentially cancelling each other out. New Zealand making a move in the third uh, to win that turn by six, before Perth stormed home to win the last by eight, and the game, 93-90. to 90. Uh, Perth were 20 of 24 at 83% from the free throw line. And that was massive. They had 11 more points from free throws alone. Whilst on shooting, they shot at 46%. Uh, and they got 7 more points from turnovers. But the interesting stat for mine was they only had 11 bench points. But really, uh, this was to sort of be expected with only a 6-player rotation. With 22 minutes or more going to 6 players. Uh, Wagstaff played 8 minutes and Norton only played 3. And every other player on the roster played 0. Uh, which is a different approach given the injection into their lineup of Ty Webster. And I guess we'll say maybe it's a horses for courses approach or if this will be the norm moving forward. Now, BC, he was the key, uh, sorry, he was kept relatively quiet, should we say, uh, 14 points and four rebounds. But you did get double-digit scores from those six players in the main rotation. But the two standouts were imports, Brady Manick, who had 15 points, nine rebounds, and he was 10 plus or minus, which is which was the most on court. And Tashawn Thomas had 23 points, nine of 11 field goals, and 10 rebounds. Now to the next game, and they played Saturday in the first ever in WA open air contest up against Adelaide, and they got off to a terrific start going 6 for 7 versus Adelaide 0 of 8 from 3 point land. This is all during the first term. Uh, they had the highest scoring first half of the season by any team in the NBL, with Brady Mank leading the way to the half time with 18 points on the back of 5 of 6 3 pointers. Now this led them eventually to a 112-97 victory, uh, winning the first three terms cumulatively by 29 points uh, before resting their entire starting five and giving Todd Blanchfield, Mitch Norton, Ollie Hayes-Brown, uh, Max Harris, and uh, Maduk Maduk most of the last term, and thus lost a bit of momentum. But with a huge clash against Sydney coming up, it's not going to be the worst thing to give some rest to your starting players. Now, they shot at 56% or 15 of 27 from three-point land up against Adelaide's 18%. So there's the game right there. And it sort of absolutely summed up the first half at least, uh, where the Perth Wildcats, they shot the lights out. Um, they, however, they did win the rebound count 
plus uh, by plus seven in an extremely positive sign. As we all know, that's been one of their biggest downfalls all season. And all of this with having six more turnovers as well. But for mine, the stat that defined how the team played was 28 to 16 assists. They moved the ball. Um, that they were moving themselves without the ball as well, getting into positions, being unselfish, and looking for what was the best shot for each player. So I like it. Um, yes, it's it's a shorter rotation. It does help having that having Ty Webster there. Um, you know, you probably want to see Blanchard a little bit more, but uh, hey, it's working for them. So stick with it. Um, the five uh, they had five players in double digits uh, with Bryce Cotton's 23 points, five rebounds, four assists, and seven of seven from the free throw line bit of a standout um, and only from 24 minutes as well the player of the game and doing all the damage early was Brady Mannix total of 23 points 10 rebounds and six of nine from three-point land and whilst they've dropped to uh, slightly to fifth uh, given other results around them uh, a win on uh, Friday night against the top of the table and almost unstoppable Sydney Kings could see them jump to fourth uh, as I said, looking forward to that clash. And I'm actually going to be there. So uh, I will document how it's all going. And uh, we'll, you know, of course, dissect it next uh, Monday in uh, in complete detail. Even more so because I'll be there in the flesh. So looking forward to making my way to... Uh, actually, I think it's going to be my first Perth Wildcats game of this season. I've watched everyone live on TV. But uh, well, live on TV, I guess you'd probably call it. But uh, seeing it live in the flesh, very excited. So look forward to touching with the Perth Wildcats next week. But uh, let's head to the pitch. Let's talk a little bit of football. And let's talk some glory men. Glory, glory, Perth, glory, 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 Perth, glory, 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 Perth, glory, our boys are marching on, our boys will strike like lightning. Now heading into their own Tuesday night clash, the Perth Glory men with Brisbane, uh, the Raw were actually unbeaten in eight games, and they have had an amazing away record this season. So suffice to say, it was going to be a massive challenge to come away with any form of a positive result, um, be it a win or a draw. Now they actually ended up winning with a huge 2-1 victory, making it three on the trot at home for the men in purple. Uh, now being actually three wins, two losses, and one draw from their past six outings. So they're on a tiny bit of a run and they're slowly building momentum. Now the winning goal was a deflection and from coincidentally enough former glory player Scott Neville. Uh, with the game's stats quite even across the board with a 48-52% possession in favour of the Brisbane Raw. Uh, shots on target were equal. Shots on goal were one difference. Uh, however, they did only generate one uh, compared to Brisbane Raw's five corner kicks and they were minus 13 for throw-ins. Despite that though, and probably not having as many attacks on goal in the attacking third as, Bri as Brisbane, they did what they needed to do to get valuable points that has since catapulted them into ninth and they're two points shy of a top six berth. So that was back then, of course. And they we were trying to keep momentum going uh, when they faced eighth place Sydney FC on Saturday evening. Uh, just before we get to that game, unfortunately, Adam Taggart's uh, the big, huge signing uh, in the offseason with the transfer window. His long-awaited return to the club and debut this season are now on hold at least for another couple of weeks with a minor quad injury. Now, to the Sydney FC game, they got off to a shocking start going into halftime 2-0. And realistically, probably should have had three on the board with the third only being denied by the crossbar um, from, the, from Sydney FC. Now, they conceded 6-9 
one goal attempts and one to four shots on goal. But in the second half, the Glory really turned it around, winning possession 59% to 41. Uh, had 10 to 6 goal attempts and had 26 more attacks in the scoring third of the field. And just 47 seconds into the second half was the start of their comeback through a header from Zach Duncan. Although it didn't go all their way as goalkeeper Cameron Cook stopped a near certain deflection on at the 85th minute. But last gasp, diving header in the 101st minute. Yes, you heard it right, the 101st minute uh, in the 14th minute of overtime. And we'll come to the reason behind that soon. From David Williams, managed to extend the unbeaten home run for the team and allow them to snatch a point from the match to keep their push to the finals alive. Now, we spoke about uh, scoring the 101st minute and 14 minutes of overtime. Well, why is that the case? Because interestingly enough, the lights did go out in the 65th minute in a power failure. Halting play for just over 10 minutes as both teams briefly left the ground. So as a result, they did, they're sort of still in ninth as per normal, but they're only one win out of six, and they next play Melbourne Victory on Saturday in another very important clash. So, um, you know, they're, they're capitalising and they're playing well at Macedonia Park, another big game ahead, and they would be certainly be looking for three points from there. Uh, I'm going to leave it for the Perth Laurie men, and uh, let's let's head to a different kind of pitch, a uh, pitch where we're talking about sixes, fours, Bold court, and you're out. That's right. Let's talk some Perth Scorchers men. Little too full. Way back. It's six. And that's in the air, but that's away. Ashton Turner is doing it for Perth. Six, four. Nearly there. Now going into their return clash with Brisbane, in the selection changed a wild thing, Lance Morris and Cooper Conley, they were left out for Ashton Agar and Peter Hatziglou in a more spin-friendly and appropriate Gabba pitch. It was yet another professional performance from the team romping to an eight-wicket win over the same opposition from four nights prior in the Brisbane Heat. Now despite conceding yet another hot start from the Heat, the Scorcher bowlers managed to reel them in across the remaining 15, 15 overs to restrict them to six for 155. Uh, Jason Beridorf, he was relentless and at times unplayable in his 3 for 21 and got three big scalps of Australian players in Matt, Will, Matt Renshaw, um, Marnus Labashain and surprise pack at this tournament, Brown. And in the process, picking up his 100th BBL scalp. And of the seven active bowlers who have 100 plus wickets, his economy rate is by far the best at 6.90, uh, with the next best being 7.22. So he is just a, a remarkable bowler, and he's just does it day, day in, day out, week in, week out, tournament in, tournament out. Uh, Josh Inglis, who had 67 from, from 35, and Aaron Hardy, who had 65 from 45, did all the damage with the bat with an unbeaten and match-winning 132-run stand, uh, 22 with uh, and actually uh, got the total with 22 balls to spare to close out proceedings, and this all after the pair came in at 2 for 25 at the 4-over mark. Now, at that stage, the team was now in a commanding position at the top of the table, and whilst only one win ahead of the Sydney Sixers, they had one game up their sleeve ahead of a big away clash with a team that made them look really second grade only a couple of games ago in the Sydney Thunder. And actually going into that game, the Scorchers had only won two of their last 10 against the men in line in head-to-heads. So looking ahead to the next showing at the showgrounds, they got some well-deserved redemption, having defeated the Thunder actually quite comprehensively 
back on Friday, bowling them out for 111. Now, upon breaking the 67-run partnership with the third wicket, the Thunder were bundled out from there with 7 for 41. Now, debutant late in the piece recruit David Paint, uh, who was a replacement for uh, Tymel Mills. Uh, he was terrific in his first game after Jason Berendorf was a late withdrawal, bowling 15 dot balls and taking an early wicket on his way to 2 for 20, whilst AJ Ty was again in the wickets getting 3 for 27, and Matt Kelly was 2 for 11 at a 3.67 economy rate. Now the team chased the target down with 7 overs to spare as Steven Eskenazi bounced back from his early out last game with a quick 540 of 26 alongside the informed Cam Bancroft. Uh, who was player of the match with 55 not out from 40. Now, in the last of their three on-the-road clashes, they take on arch-rivals and uh, right on their heels, Sydney sixes at the SCG. And whilst it was a valiant effort, they ran out of steam, and they really gave up, in my opinion, a good opportunity to build a gap over the second-place sixes. Sydney were restricted to 5 for 151, and whilst the bowlers did well to keep them at 6 to 7 and over for most of the game, they just slid a bit at the end and couldn't get a string of wickets to get into the tail, as they normally do. And what was a very slow on what was a very slow and grippy pitch. Now AJ Ty again was superbly economical with none for 22 from 4.5 economy rate, whilst Peter Hatsley was the main wicket, wicket taker with 2 for 27. And upon chasing, they got off to a terrible start, falling to 3 for 35 from 6.2 overs. But then a superb partnership between AT, uh, Captain Ashton Turner, and opener Stephen Eskenazi, uh, which was uh, a great partnership of 45 runs, had them on track for a win, calling the power surge in that time too. But the loss of AT during the first over of the power play, or the power surge, um, it was a huge blow, and whilst Nick Hobson picked up where he left off with the quick fire 27 off 18, their loss of wickets in the last three overs halted any push that they could make. And it sort of just asked too much of them in the final over to get the win, falling six runs short of the target. Now, credit to uh, Stephen Eskenazi for sticking around for 66 not out of 54 and to anchor the innings, but no one else could just uh, just sort of go with him, uh, hang in there for the long haul, unfortunately. And whilst they're still top, the Sixers have drawn to within one point of them, and so an opportunity was lost for them heading ahead of facing red-hot Hobart Hurricanes upcoming on Wednesday evening. So it's all to play for the Scorchers whilst they've been the uh, the gold standard and the you know setting the bar early on. A couple of losses in a row could really set them back a bit. So you, of course you want to be hitting your form at the right time of the season, not be dominating all season and fall at the, fall at right at the very end. So they've got to sort of um, get themselves together, look ahead to Hobart, um, who are not going to hold any fears coming here. Um, certainly that they have uh, dispatched of the Perth Scorchers before, and I'm sure that they can do it again. But we hope that they don't, and I look forward to making my way to Ops Stadium for another game. Uh, but this time I'm going to be going to the Sunday game uh, against... Uh, Actually, it's going to be the Melbourne Renegades. So looking forward to seeing them and touching base with them as well. Yes, a very busy sporting weekend for myself. But uh, we're going to leave it there for the Perth Scorchers. And let's head to the ballpark and let's talk a bit of baseball and some Perth heat. Hits that one high and deep. Camonero is going back, back, back. And it's going to score a run anyway because coming home to score... Riley Spring running, 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 Spring slides, heat win! Riley Spring, come
Okay, so just before we make our way to the pitch, uh, let's talk a little bit of off-pitch news. And a bit of a shout-out has to go to Daniel Schmidt, the big left-hand pitcher, with his current season being his last after announcing his retirement. And he has immortalised himself in the history books as being a record holder with the most ABL wins of 40, currently with five clacks and shields. And a bit of personnel news, uh, the team has welcomed four new additions to the stable in pitchers Yuichi Shiota and Tyler Beardsley, alongside big hitters Will Simoniet and Connor Owings. Now to the game at hand, and they're uh, one of their last series of the season. They got to the best possible start of their of their away and penultimate series to Brisbane, winning at 8-3 in Game 1. And whilst they were down 1-3 at one stage early on in the game, seven answers unanswered runs with two in the sixth and five in the seventh really turned the game with no scores to follow from there now in game two they gave up a commanding position and lost the game six to seven after being up five one going in the fit going into the fifth innings and then uh, they unfortunately succumbed and uh, gave up six to one runs across the last five innings to lose a golden opportunity to go up two nil and instead were one all going into game three um, they did bounce back, however, with a commanding 14-1 win, with seven runs scored across the first two innings and five on the eighth, key, uh, sort of keeping uh, Brisbane scoreless right up until the eighth innings. Alex Hall was the Alex Hall, should we say, was the standout with two home runs and six RBIs, uh, with home runs to Alex Hall, Junior Caminero, and Will Simoniet. Uh, where on the mound, it was a win for Tyler Beardsley with six strikeouts. Now, yet again, they gave up a lead to lose the final game of the series, losing it 8-9. Uh, they were up 8-6, heading into the 6, coincidentally enough, uh, to then concede three runs over the next two innings. Now, the two-all-tied result has led them to sort of stay in third overall, and they're now one win away from second place Adelaide, head of a massive and defining home series versus Melbourne, as they try to overtake Adelaide at the top of the Southwest di Division. But they are sitting uh, sort of third overall across the board. So uh, yes, they are. Uh, it was certainly a series that could have been a four-nil sweep, but uh, nonetheless, it wasn't. Um, they split it to all. It'd still take a two-all, uh, you know. I guess, draw away uh, up against a Brisbane team that is, you know, sort of firmly in the mix. But uh, you could possibly say that maybe one more would have probably been fair. Maybe a 3-1 series win probably would have been a fair result for them. But uh, anyway, it is what it is, and they just have to look ahead to their final series of the season, which is uh, a home series up against Melbourne this coming weekend. So, Heater fans, get down to the ballpark, the Empire Ballpark in Thornley, and uh, cheer loud and cheer proud for your team. Uh, we'll leave it there for the Perth Heat, and let's now head back to the uh, hard court. Let's talk some Perth links. Ryan pops it over the top. Lovely ball movement. This time they get it inside to Scherf. I really like that. Again, that was the exact way Scherf scored last time with her other points. Ryan comes away with it. Margin back to nine. Scherf, she pulls the trigger from long range and makes it. She's in traffic. She'll kick it out. 
Whitcomb's got plenty of time. Still 10 left I think we definitely clock. have to highlight this lady. She is a genuine, and I know this word gets bandied around so much, but she legitimately is a superstar. This is how good Lauren Scherf is going. Now, she's ranked number one in the WNBL for blocks, number three for rebounds, and number four for assists. She's made a career-high 17 points at 34%, such is the stellar season that she's been having. And all that on the back of 22 points in one quarter in her previous outing and a stuffing the stat sheet uh, line in the previous game before that of 11 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals and 4 blocks. So we have to just highlight this remarkable player who is uh, just becoming the Jill of all trades. Uh, she, she is not your typical center who, uh, you know, is in the block, give me the ball, and I'm just going to rebound and stay in the post. No, she can do a lot. She can shoot the three. She can pass the ball, uh, but she can also finish very uh, you know, mobile and agile uh, for a player of her height. Um, but we're going to leave it there, but have to give a shout out to Lauren Scherf. Superb. Now, to the game at hand in what was their best performance of the season, as they hadn't yet taken a top four scalp, they got just that against Southside Flyers on Saturday evening, 94-86, to to make it four wins on the trot, if you don't mind. Now, it was a tale of two first... Uh, tail of two quarters really uh, with the Lynx getting out to a lead of nine quarter time uh, where they were actually up 15-4 at one stage before succumbing to a Flyers bounce back to see themselves down by two points at half time. Now they went bucket for bucket in the third and entering the last uh, where they turned they really put the accelerator on and really showed some scoring punch winning the last term 24-13. It certainly helped with them shooting 44% on 11 of 25 from three-point land. Um, unfortunately, they were out-rebounded by five, and uh, they had eight less offensive rebounds. So that's something that they're going to need to work on. They're going to have to fix. Sammy Whitcomb, she was unreal. She had 33 points, and she was actually the signet WNBL player of the round, which is just announced today on Monday. Uh, Amy Atwell, she had 25 points, 5 rebounds, and shot 5 of 7 from the 3-point land. Uh, Amy Sharp, she had 11 points, and Lauren Scherf also had 11 too. But uh, you also throw in that because we know that she's a stat line stuffer, stat sheet stuffer. Uh, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. Now, the team has made their home wins count ahead of a 3-game away trip to Sydney, Bendigo and Melbourne before returning on February 1 and February 4 in a huge two-game series versus Townsville, uh, which is what you want. Uh, you want to be winning those home games, uh, you know, getting, uh, number one, getting some momentum because they were very, very up and down uh, across the course of uh, the last couple of games before they had uh, their string of home games, which, of course, they got the wins, which were very, very important. And as a result, and looking at the standings, uh, they actually uh, still sit uh, sit fifth, but they're only one win behind Townsville, uh, which, of course, is the top four. They're still three wins uh, away from Bendigo and Southside. They have played two less games uh, than uh, than Bendigo, Southside, but Melbourne are a while away. So they're not going to be catching Melbourne, but they may make a bit of a run and a bit of a go at Bendigo and Southside. So it's going to be an interesting three-game away series, um, You know, playing, of course, Melbourne away, who they have been absolutely whacked by in their two home games that they played against them this season. So it's going to be intriguing to see what they can do from them there. But we're going to leave it for the Perth Lynx in a very, very good spot as they go on a very daunting away trip 
and we look forward to welcoming them back uh, in early February. But for now, we're going to head to back to the pitch and let's talk some Perth Glory women. Popped over the top for Hinson. It's going to sit up here for Sierra Hinson. It's there. Perth level. What a finish from Sierra Hinson. Made an acute angle, very achievable. And a shallow goal kick due to the wind. Hinson flicking it through the left side. All right, the last shout out of the chance. podcast. Kim Carroll made her 150th appearance in this Sunday afternoon clash with Wellington Phoenix. So well played to you, Kim. And they got a huge win on Sunday to move within five points of the top four. Now, first half goals to Sierra Henson, uh, which was a six-minute top-of-the-box super strike. And Susan von Songham, uh, which was a calm conversion from the penalty shot after Hannah Lowry, Hannah Lowry was brought down in the box. Now, the bit of controversy in the game was from a double red card coming from a minor physical scuffle in my point of view. Excuse me, between a player from both teams that resulted in a 10-player battle for the remainder of the game. So that was really the main controversy. The rest of it was pretty normal. Now, they managed to hold on in the second half, but overall, and despite a lopsided ball possession count of 43% to 57% of the Phoenix, uh, they dominated the goal uh Goal attempts, 23-11. to 11. Shots on goal were 8-2, to two, and shots off goal were 8-4. to four. Um, So they were all over this game, to be honest. Uh, as a result, they moved up slightly to 8th spot with the next outing to come. And they'll now, unfortunately, they'll have to wait until February 4 up against Western United before hitting the pitch again, uh, having played one more game than five teams above them. So great result, great 2-0 victory up against, well, let's call it what it is, the bottom place at Wellington Phoenix, but you can only beat who's in front of you, and if you're good enough, you'll dispose of those teams. They did that, 2-0 solid win, uh, great strike by Sierra Henson, and uh, superb calm conversion by Susan Fong Songham. And, uh, yeah, they're just in a good spot. But, unfortunately, it's a bit of a waiting game now. So they'll have to wait to see how results go their way before their next game up against Western United. But we're going to leave it there for the Glory women, and we look forward to touching base with them next week. Yes, that is it. We're done. We're dusted. That is the end of Season 3, Episode 14, uh, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Uh, with the Lynx are uh, on a bit of a rampage. Uh, they've won their last four games ahead of a huge three-game uh, away stretch. The Perth Heat are slowly building momentum. A two-all series draw uh, up against Brisbane, where it probably could have been 3-1, but anyway, you take it. And again, they've got their final series uh, coming up, so get down to the ballpark there. Scorchers, they went 2-1 and one in their three-game uh three three games away before coming home for a couple of games but they're still sitting top of the table and in in good shape for the most part and the glory men they're building nicely with their home run of games at macedonia park uh, ahead of a another big outing uh, which is coming up very very soon and in due course and the perth wildcats are uh, they're sort of on the march too so a lot's happening uh, in the world of the wa domestic sports and uh, if you haven't already ladies and gentlemen don't forget to like subscribe leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform be it apple Podcasts or spotify you can like us on facebook and you can follow us on instagram and whether you're listening in the morning the afternoon or the evening it's been absolutely privileged to have you on board and uh, we look forward to touching base with you and our all of our teams on the wa domestic sporting scene next week but from yours truly adam bat i'm out for now